This morning's scripture is from the book of Exodus, chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. The Israelites left the desert and moved from one place to another each time the Lord ordered them to. Once they camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for them to drink. The people started complaining to Moses, give us some water. Moses replied, why are you complaining to me and trying to put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty and kept on complaining. Moses, did you bring us out of Egypt just, just to let us and our families and our animals die of thirst? Then Moses prayed to the Lord, what am I going to do with these people? They're about to stone me to death. The Lord answered, take some of the leaders with you and go ahead of the rest of the people. Also take along the walking stick with which you struck the Nile River. When you get to the rock at Mount Sinai, I will be there with you. Strike the rock with the stick and water will pour out for the people to drink. Moses did this while the leaders watched. Thank you, Chris. Carol, thank you for that beautiful prayer. I don't need to preach after that. That was incredible. Thank you. Not every church can say that they have a reality star as a member. BUCC does. And it is one of the things I get a kick out of telling my minister friends. Andrew Shade, who joined and attends here from time to time, has been on The Amazing Race, Naked and Afraid, three seasons, and is currently on CBS's Buddy Games. I'm a reality uh, TV fan. I recently have been watching Naked and Afraid Castaways, which is a little like Survivor, only they're on an island with absolutely nothing, and they must learn how to survive on what they are able to find. And yes, they're naked. Fire and water were the focus during most of the first few episodes. The water had to be boiled before you could drink it, and to boil it, you had to be able to make fire. And let's say there were lots of drama on the show centered around how we were going to do all of this and who knew how to do it better. I reached out to Andrew this past week and I asked him how his physical urge for water drove him when he was on the show. Andrew said, well, when one becomes dehydrated, which most Americans never have, it's the only thing that matters to you. I would have climbed over a mountain barefoot to find it. We even took risks to get water on our recent series, which was set in the Pearl Islands. We weren't able to boil water, and sometimes the risk of getting sick outweighed our absolute need for water. On a podcast, when asked a similar question about what was missed while he was stranded there, Andrew said this, you realize how valuable the comforts of home really are. We take so much for granted. So much. A sink to be able to turn on fresh water and just drink it. That was so much. I didn't have to find it. I didn't have to boil it. I didn't have to let it cool. There's no dirt in it. A sink, 
fresh water is amazing. It's like magic to me these days. Just turning on the kitchen sink, I'm filled with gratitude. What a lesson to learn. When I read the story of the Israelites and Moses, I have images of people like I see on reality TV shows. If you remember, the people were brought out of slavery by Moses who are being led by God. They were on their way to the promised land. They went through the Red Sea and just two Sundays ago, they were hungry and having no McDonald's or Burger King to stop by, they, they threatened to head back into slavery because they wanted to be fed. But God, in God's compassion, saw and heard their plight, and from the sky came sweet bread in the morning time and quail in the evening, and their rumbling stomachs were filled. Now, two chapters later, here we are. We once again see repeated actions, this time because they were physically thirsty. Have you ever been thirsty? Physical thirst can be excruciating, and the body cannot be sustained without it. Humans who do not have access to water at risk, and there's a lot of folks in this world that don't have access to water today. At first, when you get dehydrated, people suffer from headaches, a parched mouth, dry skin, extreme thirst, dizziness, as you sweat, your heart rate becomes more rapid and fatigue sets in and you begin to get muscle cramps. In severe dehydration, people's eyes begin to sink in. They get brain fog. They're confused. And eventually, if you don't get water, you'll go into a coma and suffer from organ failure and die. It makes me understand why they may have been complaining out there in the desert. I can imagine people saying, well, this is not what we expected it to be. I want to go home. Why did you lead us out here to die, Moses? This is not what we expected. And yet, God was with them. Just as food appeared when they were hungry, God provided life-giving water from the least likely place, from a rock in the middle of a desert. I love our old stories. Moses struck the rock, and they all drank. Life-sustaining, life-giving water to quench their thirst. Now, maybe it wasn't what they were wanting to drink. Some of them may have wanted a cup of coffee. That's what we would want, right? And I for sure would have wanted one of those fancy Coke machines that have all of the different flavors. That's what I would have wanted if I'd been out in the desert. But right then, it was provision for what was needed, not what was wanted. And that's where God came into the story. As we journey every day, let me just ask you, has anybody in here ever have days when it's not like what they expected it to be? <laughs> yep, yep, amen. Each morning, 
days when no, we, we don't, don't we have days that we just don't expect them to be so bad? Days when no matter what our connection with the Holy has been or how many times the Spirit has sustained us during hard times, when the going gets tough, no, that was not what I was going to say. <laughs> but that's a good one. <laughs> We're like Celie in the color purple. God done forgot about me. Each morning we get up with expectations of what our day will be like. And we plan for what we'll experience or how life might get messed up. We either see life as something to be enjoyed or we experience life as something to be endured. And most of the times, the things we think will make us happy are just illusions of what we think will make us happy. Life is a series of unexpected experiences and encounters that shape our life and impact how we see the world. Life happens. Good things happen. We get the job, we find love, we climb the mountain and we finish a race. However, most days this thing called life is never what we expect it to be. We lose our best friend over something stupid. We worry that we said the wrong thing and we obsess about that one thing all day long. We get fired, we get sick, we divorce, we experience estrangement from people we love and we experience the good, the bad, and the ugly of life all at the same time every day. We're caught in between what we have and what we expect. And most of the time, we forget to live in the moment to capture the now, the moments of now. The joy of water coming from a sink to quench our physical thirst, most of us don't even notice that, do we? We go about our day missing the mystery of the bush that burns right in front of our face. Everywhere you look, there's a bush burning. It's just whether we see it. We forget to live in the moment, and we forget that it's okay to be filled with comfort and joy in the middle of despair and devastation. And on any given day, we forget that there is a presence that we call God that supports us and gives us spiritual water to drink and feeds us manna from heaven. Life is not what we expect. But with God, our consequences for any given day will never be our conclusion. Never. I've been reading a new book this week. Buy yourself the Blanken Lilies. Now you can imagine what the Blanken word is. <laughs> I didn't want to give Kenny a heart attack when he listens to the service. <laughs> anyway, the writer Tara Schuster who writes for Comedy Central, invited me to think pretty hard this week. She wrote, Life is not a series of crises to be endured. Life was made to be enjoyed. Life can be enjoyed even when it's difficult. That thought doesn't help us to just help us to survive, it can help us thrive. She goes on to say, I believe whatever wild energy made this universe, 
I have faith that whatever made us up doesn't think our life should suck. Do we wallow in our trauma? Mm-hmm. When we're laid off, do we wallow? Mm-hmm. When we think our boss is a lunatic and it stresses us out, do we wallow? Mm-hmm. We feel like we don't do enough. Anybody ever feel like they don't do enough? Do any of you believe or ever have the thought that maybe you're not enough? And if you're one of the people who runs tapes through your mind like this, Tara would say this, quit hanging on to what's wrong. It is not that the pain does not exist. Rather, two things can exist at the same time. If we can get used to the ambiguity of two things being true at the same time, then the sooner we will come to appreciate our own story. What some of us tend to forget is this. Our whole story is so much rich, richer than any obstacle or hardship that we ever go through. We can learn to acknowledge that the not so great is there while at the same time holding on to this world is so amazing too. In the midst of a desert when people couldn't see past their physical thirst, God sustains life and this is an amazing thing. But God does the same thing for us. God comes when we're thirsty bringing life-giving spiritual water to quench our longing. God comes when we're hungry to feed and nurture our soul. Life is not what we expect, but it can be one of the greatest, most amazing adventures when we realize who we belong to and who's on the journey with us. It can be so amazing. On any given day, we can lean in and hold on to the undying love of a God who will never, ever let us go. It's one thing you can always count on. The love of God will always sustain you if you lean into it and sometimes when you don't even know it's there. Each one of us in this room and each one of us at home, we're a beloved child of God. We are loved. We are valued. We are claimed. And I have found that when we lean into the mystery, even when we don't feel it, and on some days when we don't even believe its presence exists. God provides not what we want, but what we need at any given moment. And the joy in my heart is so much fuller when that happens. And my half-empty glass is filled to the brim overflowing with enough to share with others in this little church in the world when and if I lean into God. We're called together on a journey called life in this little church located on the corner of Don Anna Drive and over the internet from folks watching in their homes. We all have become family. It isn't what we expect all the time, is it? But it can be what we've hoped for when we experience God together. 
Nadia Boats-Weber describes the church experience like this. You know I love her and I'm going to edit her too for Kenny's sake. <laughs> church is messed up. I know that. People, including me, have been hurt by the church. But as my United Church of Christ pastor friend Heather says, church isn't perfect. It's practice. Among God's people, those who have been knocked on their butts by the grace of God, we practice giving and receiving the undeserved. And receiving grace is basically the best crappy feeling in the whole world. I don't want to need it. Preferably, I could just do it all and be it all and never be messed up. That may be what I would prefer, but it is never what I need. I need to be broken apart and put back into a different shape by the merging of things human and divine, which is really screwing up and receiving grace and love and forgiveness rather than receiving what I deserve. I need the very thing I will do everything to avoid that I need. The sting of grace is not unlike the sting of being loved well. Because when we're loved well, it is, in, it is linked to all the times we have not been loved well. Has anybody here not been loved well sometimes? All the times we ourselves have not been loved and have not loved others well. And it's linked to all the things we've done or not done that feel like evidence against our worthiness. Love changes everything. God love changes everything. Yes, we may still complain from time to time like our ancestors in the desert. But we're learning we are worthy. I hope we're learning that. We're learning to turn off those old tapes that tell us that the things we are not. You know, those things people told you a long time ago. Well, you're not that. You're not smart enough, cute enough, something enough. Everybody's got a something enough. In this place, we're learning that each one of us has a gift that the world needs. And in this place when my cup is half empty and my spirit is dying of thirst, some of you will share your overflow with me and it's enough to change my day. That is God love. And life may never be what we expect it to be, but together we are learning that our journey is rich and full even when it's not what we expect. Because God comes, God comes, with life-giving sustenance in the form of grace and mercy and undying love. God comes. And that, my friends, is one of the most unexpected gifts that we've ever been given. And it will always, always be enough. God love. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online 
at bluegrasschurch.org.